This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Oh, and a steal. Booker puts it up. Knocked away. Bridges got the ball. Into it. Oh, he covers it in. That's the exclamation point right there. This will do it. Suns have swept the Denver Nuggets. The Suns are going to the conference finals. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Once the Denver-Portland series concluded, uh, we were saying, along with everybody else, this is probably a fade nugget series. That's the way to go, but I don't think people were calling it a 4-0 series sweep. That's what we get last night after Jokic is tossed near the end of quarter number three. Live on the Bet 1430 in Denver, 105.9 FM, HD2 in Chicago, Chicago's new home for Wagertainment, 93.1 FM, HD3 in Los Angeles, Odyssey app, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. It says BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Chris Rondry. We uh, welcome in Michael Gallagher, senior NBA writer for Establish the Run at Mike S. Gallagher. All right, Mike, let's uh, get this one out of the way. Should Jokic have been tossed? Yeah. I mean, he wound up. He broke the rules. I mean, he was just caught in the heat in the moment. wasn't intentional. I, I mean, yeah, I think he was. It's a tough, tough, tough call. But letter of the law, um, you throw him out. It's it's unfortunate, and it's the way it is. I was sort of wondering if maybe you know the series were closer, uh, if they would have done it that way, or if it were. And Joe and I were wondering earlier if it would have been LeBron to do that. Or, or somebody else that maybe Jokic isn't getting uh, quite the love everybody like some of the other superstars get. Do you think maybe there would have been a different outcome? Yeah. I mean, and to your point, I mean, he whines the referees a lot. Uh, so, you know, maybe that was a factor. And I mean, superstar calls are one thing, but it's, it's tough to kind of go against and say this player did this, this player did that when, you know, the rules are pretty clear. It wasn't like a missed foul call or drawing a foul. Does he see his hand go way up in the air like that and come down, hit the guy in the face? Uh, it's, it's a pretty clear call. It's just a, it's just so unfortunate that uh, – and, and Jokic, Jokic's emotions kind of get the best of him at times. Um, he all the time just winds up refs too, too, too often, and they get down the court. Other teams score on him when they're not set for defense. So it's kind of almost fitting that, and unfortunate that uh, it happened that way for him. Uh, since Phoenix has already moved on, to the Western Conference Finals. They're going to get all this rest and many of the other teams still alive, dealing with so many injuries. Uh, the books don't have it this way, but should the Suns be the favorite to win the title? I think so. I mean, <laughs> just another if this series goes seven, with the way guys are getting hurt, I mean, honestly, the, we saw Mitchell get dinged up. How is Conley's hamstring going to respond? I'm sure they'd love to have this series be over short and then have Conley ready for the next round. 
that's probably unlikely now. They're going to probably need to play him, who's already pulled his hamstring three times. So I think just factoring into that and just how great how the Suns have looked, which, to be fair, no AD, limited LeBron, no Jamal Murray. They've had a pretty easy path. But to their credit, they have crushed. So, yeah, I think they're the favorite, uh, which, which, like you said, I was surprised to see the lines on that. And I, I got some little action on that. Mm. Yeah, so, we're, I mean, we're looking at uh, beyond that tonight's games. And the 76ers and the Hawks, for me, are, well, actually, both of these series are really intriguing because I don't, I don't quite know what to think about either of them. Philadelphia, certainly, we know they, they lead two games to one over the Hawks. Um, being at home and Atlanta being a three-point underdog, does that seem about right to you, or is there some maybe a little value going with Atlanta tonight? No, I really like the Sixers. If you throw out that game one when they foolishly put Danny Green on Trey and they killed him in that first half, you take that out of the situation. And then, and we're not even talking about two teams that are, are really at the same caliber of just performance and just play overall. And they made some adjustments. We saw the last game, they sent some more aggressive doubles at Embiid, kind of took him out of it. And then the second half, they basically flip flop positions for where Ben Simmons was getting post-ups, uh, had six post-ups in, in game three. Uh, which is a whole new thing. And then they're going to have who I think is going to be, it's going to be Matisse Thibel or Furkan Korkmaz starting for Danny Green tonight. I think it'll be Thibel given how they want to have, uh, Doc Rivers said they want to have Ben play fast and guard Trey. It's hard to do both. So with Thibel, you don't have to put Ben on Trey. Uh, you can kind of cover him that way. They're still going to see, to see a lot of those guys regardless. But um, yeah, their defense is too good. Uh, they've really cut down their half court performance for the Hawks and they limited Trey's drives in the last game. They just made it so tough on him. And um, I just think, I just think they're clearly a better team. And I definitely like the Sixers tonight. Uh, any uh, particular player props that you'll be taking a look at? Uh, for that game? Uh, I don't really, it's tough to say just cause I mean, Tobias is Mr. Consistent. He's been between 19 and 22 points in every game, excluding game one of the wizard series. And then the game that Embiid missed, he had a big spike game there. But, um, yeah, I haven't really dug in too much into it. I definitely think Ben should be pretty busy, obviously, and B. Those guys are going to carry the team. Um, Korkmaz is, is probably going to get a pretty good look regardless off the bench. But Doc going so deep so frequently, uh, he went full bench unit in the last game, partially because Green got hurt. So, yeah, I haven't really seen any props that uh, strike me just yet, but I haven't really researched yet, to be honest. How do you feel about tonight's total of 225.5? Uh, yeah, they want to play fast. Uh, the Sixers have made it very clear they wanted to speed this team up. Uh, also, Trey Young had 10 to 17 of his shots early in the shot clocks, which is uh, um, you know about 12% increase from where he was previously in the first two games. So they, they want this. This should be a little bit faster, significantly faster than the other games. So if you are playing DFS, uh, this game should be a pretty much more attractive game environment. But um, yeah, I think I, I, I generally don't like over unders. But if I had to go, I would probably go over just because I think this is going to be a fast paced game. This is BetQL Daily, our guest, Michael Gallagher at Mike S. Gallagher on Twitter, senior NBA writer for Establish the Run. So the nightcap, we've got the Jazz and the Clips, Utah with a 2-1 series advantage. Point spread the same that we saw in game number three since the venue is not changing. The Clippers are favored by five, a total of 223 in the hook. What do you think happens with Conley? And are you buying into what Mitchell is saying about his health? Yeah, so two things. One, we're in the dark. We never find out anything about Conley pretty much until we find out if he's playing or not. So we don't really know what's going on there. Again, I think he's got a shot to play. But getting ruled out earlier in the previous game certainly is cause for concern that he doesn't play. So maybe it's one more. 
with the series 2-2 kind of makes sense. So I, I think he sits. But Mitchell, that quote where he's like, it, it kind of affects him when he lands uh, about his ankle, that's pretty concerning to me. So, you know, if he's hobbled in any any stretch, and they're, they're sending more aggressive coverages to him finally after the two games they didn't do it. So um, tough spot for Donovan Mitchell here. Um, uh, just for the record, if anybody does follow my take on bets, I'm not allowed to bet the Clippers ever. So I like them, but I, I, I've had such bad misses on Clippers bets where I felt good and I was wrong. I feel good Everybody has. Yeah. Yes, right? It's, it's like universally, like, I sound stupid when I talk about the Clippers. But, um, yeah, uh, I think it's, it, Mitchell is just being just a slight bit hampered. And don't forget, that game one against the Grizzlies, he was expecting to play, and the medical staff pulled him out too. So, you know, I don't take – you know, I think he's going to be limited just a little bit. And just being a little bit limited, if Connolly's out, you're asking a lot out of angles, a lot out of Clarkson. Royce and have to shoot more. Obviously, Gobert hasn't been a big factor offensively scoring, I think, 11 points per game uh, with some good rebounding. But, um, yeah, I think the Clippers have a pretty good edge. Yeah, I, I that's a thing, too. Uh, and Joe and I talked about this, too, and I feel like I say it a lot, that the Clippers are such a uh, – I mean, they should be really good, and they are good, but you should have more confidence in them on a nightly basis. Why, why, why can we not have more confidence in them, generally speaking? Well, they are slow to adjust. I think Ty Lue has been a little bit more passive on making lineup changes than he maybe he should have. He's been kind of a game late where, you know, the Mavs are like, oh, my God, take Zubat out. Everyone sees him get roasted by Luka every time. So I think that's part of it. But I thought he made some good adjustments in the last game to really have a pretty good control over the game. Um, you know, there were some spots. Like, their starters didn't really have a great – they switched that lineup, which has been okay. It's actually been uh, a net negative uh, for net rating. But, yeah, I think that's probably the main reason why. And this. I mean, Paul George, he has a bad game, man. Twitter just erupts. It's like sharks in a feeding frenzy when Paul George has a bad game. And he's been struggling, too. He hasn't really been shooting well at the rim, partially because of Gobert. We saw him really thrive on those shots in the Mavs series. So, tougher matchup for him. But Kawhi is too good, um, Yeah, which is crazy. Kawhi is pretty consistent overall as well, especially late in games. But, yeah, there's, it's just the Clippers. And maybe there's just a stigma with the Clippers, too, why people just love to, to do that to him. You know, I, I know, Mike, that you said you're not big on betting totals, but it, it's pretty notable to me that Jazz Clippers, 223 in the hook uh, from game one. We're only talking about a, a jump of two points in all three games have gone over. So, uh, how do you look at it? Because the, these are two teams that are bottom third in pace, but they're also both top three in offensive efficiency. Yeah, they are really high-powered offense. This is pretty similar to what it was in the Masters with the Clippers, they both play really, really slow. Jazz had the highest percentage of half court. So, yeah, uh, I, I I, think I kind of like the over. The Jazz are trying to play a little bit faster. So that's going to help a little bit because they know the Clippers. They're really adaptable for how they try to play. Uh, and, yeah, that small ball lineup, they, it, should, it should work out. So I think the Clippers, and also the Clippers also did go very heavy, Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi had a season-high usage rate, so I think that's a good thing. You obviously want to get a very highly efficient player the ball more and then hopefully Paul George doesn't lay an egg I think you're sitting pretty uh on the over there and the, the Jazz still are just going to shoot a bunch they're still getting great looks uh they had you know mid-20s wide open attempts I think uh, it was 23 wide open attempts and made 12 of them these are obviously really good three-point shooting teams Clippers are getting good looks so a lot of just beautiful offense being run here so yeah I think I like the over but again I, I'm not a, I'm not a big over under <laughs> sure it, it is there a series price that you like of any of these three left uh, I don't know which one. Which one are you guys thinking? So I don't have that in front of me. 
Well, yeah, we kind of buried the lead here. We didn't even get yeah. to the Nets. The Nets, <laughs> the Nets are plus one twenty yeah. dogs right now. Yeah. And if you were to take the underdog in the Jazz Clippers series, you can get the Clippers at plus one fifty five. Um, so e- either of those, yeah. do you find enticing, or is it just a guessing game with all these injuries? Yeah, not all the bet Clippers, so I'm not going to say yeah. that. But um, I think I think the Nets have a shot. So interesting stuff I found out today. Certainly some context this I'll explain. But Kevin Durant, actually, his net rating is two times better without Harden and Kyrie than with both of them. Uh, 7.2 with both, uh, 5.15.5 with, without both. So obviously context, that's not against the Milwaukee Bucks every time. But the point is, They've got capable players. Uh, Steve Nash had said that they kind of got thrown into it, had to make adjustments. They have to make big adjustments here. Uh, they have to play Landry Shamet more. They have to play Mike James probably off the bench. Probably bring Bruce Brown as more of a one. Uh, he'll obviously be more of a, a perimeter guy in guarding Middleton. That kind of affected the way they were going because Nash likes to have a little bit of space and defense at the same time, and he couldn't really do that on the fly anyways. So yeah. it was tough. I still think, you know, I don't think Harden's going to play in game five. Still needs to have a couple days of ramp up. So I think. Ideally, you're looking at game six. Uh, Nash did leave the door open on game five, which is going to seem pretty doubtful if he hasn't gone through full practice and they don't want to rush him back. But Kyrie's almost certainly done on crutches and a walking boot. But, yeah, I mean, at home, I think I think the the KD could get it going. And then if you have hard back for game six, you've got a whole new ball game. Bucks three-point road favorites for game number five. So the book's not, uh, not shy about posting a number there. Yeah. If, if, yeah, if they, walk- they, they crushed them. Sorry. Yeah, you yeah, know, so so if Milwaukee does get past this series, I mean, do do you like them much as far as winning the Eastern Conference? Because it just seems like their offensive game a lot of times seems out of sorts. Like we're just sort of waiting around to see what Giannis does, and he's not always been put in the best positions on the court, even though he's playing well. I just I, I wonder about their offensive scheming. Yeah, the, the Sixers are really good too, and they had the side to kind of match up and put enough big bodies uh, around Giannis to keep him from the paint. Because, I mean, it's, it's, as we've seen the last couple of games, if Giannis is near the basket, it's kaput. And they had just such, such a huge advantage there. And Drew Holiday is going to get going. They're finally using Giannis as a screener more often, too. So, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't feel confident about it, uh, especially given, you know, they're, they're going to beat a, a, a banged-up Nets team, kind of like the way the Suns have been going. But I, if I had to pick now, I think the Sixers would have the edge uh, against the Bucks. This is, I think, Embiid and Ben and Tobias are all really, really good. Losing Danny Green isn't a big deal to me, uh, just because they have Pybul, Corkma, Shake Milton also has played pretty well with the core four guys without Green too. So definitely give a little bit of an edge to the Sixers coming out of the East for me. Uh, Mike, for Tuesday, these uh, Nets player props. Everyone's going to take a look at Durant, even though those numbers will be inflated. You mentioned Brown. What about uh, Joe Harris? Some of the others that we should take a look at. Yeah, Joe Harris definitely gets a boost. Kevin Durant, and during the season, he scored about a point a minute, 36 points per 36 uh, without both those guys. And I think that's going to be even higher. I mean, he's probably got 40 ball in him. But, yeah, Harris Harris has missed a lot of great looks, very uncharacteristic for him. Uh, Landry Shamet has been kind of the beneficiary of when both guys are out. So I think Shamet would be a guy that really steps up. We saw him kind of get some pretty good looks, saw some pretty important minutes. Probably going to start uh, based on what what they were doing before. Um, they usually would start him uh, and probably bring Mike James off the bench for Bruce Brown as kind of a secondary ball hander. Katie's going to handle the bunch. Um, but, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Bruce Brown will be better. We saw his minutes get really cut down. Uh, and Blake's minutes got cut down, too, I think, because they were trailing. But, yeah, definitely Bruce and Shaman would be the two guys I'm looking at. Besides Harris and KD, I think those two guys would benefit most from Kyrie and if Harden doesn't play. 
Michael Gallagher at Mike S. Gallagher on Twitter, senior NBA writer for Establish the Run. Mike, for your sake, I hope we're talking about Nets Suns in the NBA Finals. That'd be fun. Sounds great. My, my Nets features <laughs> aren't looking so great this week. <laughs> right. I understand. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Always appreciate Michael Gallagher's time this week and every week on BetQL Daily. Coming up next, we'll go out to Las Vegas, check in with the race and sportsbook director for Station Casinos, Chuck Esposito. Tell us where the money is going right now with uh, all the NBA action. Same with hockey. Got a golf major later on this week. All that coming up on the BetQL Audio Network.